Section 41 of Micrographia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Micrographia by Robert Hooke. Section 41. Observation 36. Of peacocks, ducks, and other feathers of changeable colors. The parts of the feathers of this glorious bird appear, through the microscope, no less gaudy than do the whole feathers. For as to the naked eye, tis evident that the stem or quill of each feather in the tail sends out multitudes of lateral branches, such as A.B. in the third figure of the twenty-second scheme represents a small part of about one thirty-second part of an inch long, and each of the lateral branches emit multitudes of little sprigs, threads or hairs on either side of them such as cd 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 so each of those threads in the microscope appears a large long body consisting of a multitude of bright reflecting parts whose figure tis no easy matter to determine as he that examines it shall find for every new position of it to the light makes it perfectly seem of another form and shape and nothing what it appeared a little before nay it appeared very differing oft-times from so seemingly inconsiderable a circumstance that the interposing of one's hand between the light and it makes a very great change, and the opening or shutting a casement and the like very much diversifies the appearance. And though by examining the form of it very many ways, which would be tedious here to enumerate, I suppose I have discovered the true figure of it, Yet oftentimes upon looking on it in another posture, I have almost thought my former observations deficient, though indeed upon further examination I have found even those also to confirm them. These threads, therefore, I find to be a congeries of small laminae, or plates, as e-e-e-e-e, etc., each of them shaped much like this of ABCD in the fourth figure, the part AC being a ridge, prominency or stem and b and d the corners of two small thin plates that grow into the small stalk in the middle so that they make a kind of little feather each of these plates lie one close to another almost like a company of sloping ridge or gutter tiles they grow on each side of the stalk opposite to one another by two and two from top to bottom in the manner expressed in the fifth figure the tops of the lower covering the roots of the next above them the underside of each of these laminated bodies is of a very dark and opacous substance and suffers very few rays to be trajected but reflects them all toward that side from whence they come much like the foil of a looking-glass but their upper sides seem to me to consist of a multitude of thin plated bodies which are exceeding thin and lie very close together and thereby, like mother-of-pearl shells, do not only reflect a very brisk light, but tinge that light in a most curious manner, and by means of various positions in respect of the light, they reflect back now one color, and then another, and those most vividly. Now that these colors are only fantastical ones, that is, such as arise immediately from the refractions of the light, I found by this that water wetting these colored parts destroyed their colors, which seemed to proceed from the alteration of the reflection and refraction. Now though I was not able to see those hairs at all transparent by a common light, yet by looking on them against the sun I found them to be tinged with a darkish red color, 
nothing akin to the curious and lovely greens and blues they exhibited. What the reason of color seems to be in such thin-plated bodies I have elsewhere shown. But how water cast upon those threads destroys their colors, I suppose to be performed thus. The water falling upon these plated bodies from its having a greater congruity to feathers than the air, insinuates itself between those plates and so extrudes the strong reflecting air, whence both these parts grow more transparent, as the microscope informs, and colorless also at best retaining a very faint and dull color. But this wet being wasted away by the continual evaporations and steams that pass through them from the peacock, whilst that bird is yet alive, the colors again appear in their former luster, the interstitia of these plates being filled with the strongly reflecting air. The beauteous and vivid colors of the feathers of this bird, being found to proceed from the curious and exceeding smallness and fineness of the reflecting parts, we have here the reason given us of all those gauderies in the apparel of other birds also, and how they come to exceed the colors of all other kinds of animals, besides insects. For since, as we here and elsewhere also show, the vividness of a color depends upon the fineness and transparency of the reflecting and refracting parts, and since our microscope discovers to us that the component parts of feathers are such, and that the hairs of animals are otherwise, and since we find also by the experiment of that noble and most excellent person I formerly named, that the difference between silk and flax as to its color is nothing else, for flax reduced to a very great fineness of parts both white and colored appears as white and as vivid as any silk but loses that brightness and its silken aspect as soon as it is twisted into thread by reason that the component parts though very small and fine are yet pliable flakes and not cylinders and thence by twisting become united into one opacious body whereas the threads of silk and feathers retain their luster by preserving their cylindrical form entire without mixing, so that each reflected and refracting beam that composes the gloss of silk preserves its own property of modulating the light entire. And since we find the same confirmed by many other experiments elsewhere mentioned, I think we may safely conclude this for an axiom, that wheresoever we meet with transparent bodies spun out into very fine parts, either clear or any ways tinge the colors resulting from such a composition, must necessarily be very glorious, vivid, and clear like those of silk and feathers. This may perhaps hint some useful way of making other bodies besides silk be susceptible of bright tinctures, but of this only by the by. The changeable colored feathers also of ducks and several other birds I have found by examination with my microscope to proceed from much the same causes and textures. End of section 41. Recording by Philip Gould.